Buddy. Are we ready to start? Good morning, everybody. This is the Broward County Commission meeting Tuesday, March 5th, just so we all have the right date. Uh, I would like to ask everybody to please rise for Pledge of Allegiance, remain standing. And today we are going to be led uh, in the Pledge of Allegiance by the best athlete that's sitting right here at this dais, our Deputy Monica Sparrow. Ladies and gentlemen, it is customary that we observe a moment, moment of silence of honor, in honor of notable persons from our community of recently passed. And I'm going to go around the dais to see if anybody would like to uh, honor anybody. Commissioner Udine. I see we have in the audience today Debbie Hickson, and I just would like to ask everybody to keep her husband, Chris Hickson, in our thoughts and prayers. Chris uh, was the true definition of a hero last February at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. Many times we continue to say uh, that it was 17 children that lost their lives. It wasn't 17 children. There were adults and there were teachers and coaches and heroes. And Chris Hickson was a hero on February 14th. So I'd like to keep him in our prayers. Anybody else? Let us also honor all the brave men and women who have served and continue to serve in our armed forces, both here and abroad, and thank them for their service. I'd like to ask everyone to pause for a moment of silence. Please take your seats. Thank you. Thank you for all uh, for being here today. Uh, today's music was selected by Commissioner Fisher. He selected Yellow Brick Road and Your Song by Elton John. By the way, uh, Elton John will be performing in our BB&T Center in about a week or two. So uh, for those of you that like uh, Elton John's music. Um, we also today, item 37, which relates to the funding for the Sawgrass Expressway and Pat Salerno Drive interchange. This is time certain at 11 a.m. this morning. Um, before that, we have three proclamations, and the first one is to be presented by Senator Rich to Gail Gran, Chair of the Commission on the Status of Women. Gail, come on down. Thank you, Mr. Mayor, for giving me the honor today of presenting this proclamation. Uh, the Broward County Commission on the Status of Women will celebrate National Women's History Month in March by honoring 11 Broward County women who exemplify this year's national observance, visionary women, champions of peace and nonviolence. Very appropriate. Um, requested by the Broward County Board of County Commissioners. Whereas in 1987, an act of Congress designated the month of March 1987 as Women's History Month, and it has been observed each March since then with congressional or presidential action. 
And whereas Women's History Month presents the opportunity to acknowledge women who have shaped America's history and its future through their tireless commitment to ending discrimination against women and girls, and whereas it should be the norm to recognize women as smart, capable, and equal partners in society, and whereas for generations women have promoted nonviolent resolutions to conflicts such as respect and justice in their homes and communities. And the theme of this year's National Women's History Month is Visionary Women, Champions of Peace and Nonviolence. And whereas advocating against women's discrimination is a matter of simple justice, and whereas Broward County takes this opportunity to remember that every day is an opportunity to acknowledge those women who continue to fight discrimination at all levels and in all forms. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, that the board hereby designates the month of March 2019 as Women's History Month in Broward County, Florida, and recognizes the desire of all women to end discrimination and injustice based on gender. For centuries, women have been the promoters and the instruments of peace and nonviolence in their families, their communities, and more recently in their countries. We are here today to recognize women of our community for their efforts toward the goals of peace, understanding, and nonviolent resolution to conflict wherever it is found. The Broward County Commission on the Status of Women would like to thank the County Commission and join them in their recognition of our 2019 Women's History Month honorees. And if you could identify yourself, Reverend Michelle Alexander, Dr. Marcia Brown, Eldra Burson Cartwright, Audrey Ellen, Honorable Mayor Michelle Gomez, Debbie Hickson, Jennifer Marion, Paula Munoz, Carrie Pilato, Jacqueline Bank Trumbor, Tatiana Williams. Honorees, we thank you for the lives you've led and the example you set in our community. And to everyone, we'd like to invite you to visit the display in the lobby, introducing these women to you. Thank you. Thank you very thank much. You. Take a picture. Now we can do a picture with everyone. I have one more note. Uh, the League of Women Voters has donated gun locks to uh, to us. There is a box up at the end, and you're free to take one. Thank you.
Second, Commissioner Dean will present a proclamation to Cynthia Imperato, Board Chair of the American Red Cross Broward Chapter. Did I just pronounce that right, Cynthia? Yeah, Imperato. Great. Thank you. She's wearing red for Red Cross, and we all have our Red Cross <laughs> buttons. Whereas the American Red Cross is one of the world's largest humanitarian organizations and delivers its mission every day to prevent and alleviate human suffering in the face of emergencies. Whereas the American Red Cross responds to an average of more than 62,000 disasters every year, from small home fires to devastating massive disasters. Whereas in Broward County, the Red Cross has a long history of helping neighbors in need, the Broward chapter assisted with three major local disasters in the past two years and help save the lives through their home fire campaign. Whereas the American Red Cross Month is a special time to recognize the volunteers and donors who give their time and resources to help members of the community, the Red Cross depends on these local heroes here in Broward to deliver help and hope during a disaster. Whereas March is dedicated to all those who support the American Red Cross mission now to prevent and alleviate human suffering in the face of emergencies, now, therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, that the Board hereby designates March 2019 as American Red Cross Month in Broward County and encourages all Americans to support this noble humanitarian mission of this organization. And I'm going to present this to Judge Imperato, the Thank Chair you. of Broward American Red Cross. Thank you so Congratulations. much. I'd like to thank the County Commission and Commissioner Udin especially for making this happen for us. Um, we've been very busy in Broward, as you're well aware. We've had three major disasters in the last two years. We had the airport shooting, the school shooting in Parkland, and also um, Hurricane Irma. So I think most people think of the Red Cross, they think of hurricanes and floods and those types of things and not the other things that we do respond to. We also have a Sound the Alarm campaign, and we've installed over 4,800 um, smoke alarms in homes in Broward County and prevented the deaths of many people because of that, and we're going to be doing that again starting next month. So thank you so much for this. And Let's do a quick picture. Yeah, sure. Last, our last uh, proclamation, uh, Commissioner Beamfer will present a proclamation in honor of Water Matters Days to representatives from the School Board of Broward County, Broward Workshop, Wells Fargo, City of Hollywood, City of Fort Lauderdale, Central Broward Water Control District, Town of Southwest Ranches, Carollo Engineers, Nova Consulting, AECOM, and Calvin Giordano. All come on down. Come on down.
glad to see everybody. Uh, this Saturday, it is Water Matters Day again. Uh, I don't know how many years we've been doing this, but we've been doing it a lot. And it is a, for those who ha have never been there, it is a great opportunity to see all the different organizations in this county and all the wonderful things they do. All the high schools are there. And it's a, it's a pretty, it's a tremendous uh, event. Um, I think we're seeing water, uh, if you look at what's happening in the Florida legislature, this is going to be the main topic this year in the Florida legislature. Um, Florida uh, Association of Counties just created a water policy um, committee. So all these things, we've been way ahead of the, way ahead of the curve here. Uh, they're catching up to us. And because of that, we're going to have a proclamation here, and then we can thank everybody. Uh, whereas Broward County, in partnership with local governments, water management agencies, businesses, environmental organizations, and Broward schools has demonstrated dedication to water conservation activities, projects, and education. And whereas partners and co-sponsors for the 17th annual Water Matters Day event on March 9th, 2019 at Treetops Park include the Broward County Board of County Commissioners, School Board of Broward County, Broward Workshop, Town of Davie, City of Cooper City, City of Cooper City, Cooper City, City of Coconut Creek, City of Fort Lauderdale, City of Hollywood, Town of Southwest Ranches, Central Broward Water Control District, South Broward Drainage District, Old Plantation Water Control District, Carollo Engineers, ACOM, Wells Fargo, Calvin, Calvin Giordano, the, Cha the Chapel Group, Nova, Nova Consulting, Hunter Industries, and Rainbird. And whereas Water Matters Day 29 celebrates the active engagement of Broward's residents and community partners in water conservation efforts with the theme, Conservation, a Winning Strategy. And whereas water conservation activities in Naturescape Broward, landscape techniques support energy savings, greenhouse ga gas emission reductions, and carbon sequestration, fundamental to the county's climate change initi initiatives. And whereas through these activities, Water Matters Day 29 supports the environmental message we celebrate as part of related Earth Day, Arbor Day, and clean air events. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, that the board hereby designates Saturday, March 9th, 2019, as Water Matters Day in Broward County, Florida. And thanks to partners and sponsors of this year's Day of Family Fun and Environmental Education at Treetops Park and encourages Broward County residents to continue their efforts as water managers at home and work. And I just want to say our staff has done a fantastic job on this for years and years. And thank you very much for that. Would anybody like to say anything? From Sam? Good morning. Uh, on behalf of Dr. Corrado and the Environmental Planning and Community Resilience Division, we look forward to welcoming the community on Saturday uh, for this water conservation fun and educational event. Um, and if you can't join us on, on Saturday for the free teas, please uh, visit conservationpays.com for more ways to save water. Thank you. Okay. Do we have enough? We didn't have enough. <laughs> we have more people. We'll get more. We'll get more. Uh, we want to do a picture real quick? Sure. Okay. Thank you.
Okay, um, I'm, let's start with the Tuesday morning memo. Um, the following requests are submitted for your consideration. Consent items are 1 through 31. Public hearing item is 32. Regular items are 33 through 32 through 47. Um, I request the following withdrawal, Scribner errors, inclusion of additional information. Um, item number 34. This item is withdrawn since the board already acted at the February 26th commission meeting on this issue, which at that time was item number 58. Scrivener's errors. Item number 14, the summary explanation background table under the not to exceed breakdown column for optional services on the Fifth Amendment currently reads 523,000, should read 575,000. Additional information for the regular meeting. Item number 35, exhibit four and exhibit number six signature pages have been received. Item no number 36, the county has received the revised consent and waiver regarding application of higher living wage amount form from Oracle Elevator Company, which is Exhibit 6. Item number 37, time certain at 11 a.m. Item number 39, Broward Sheriff's Office agrees with the Second Amendment and the agreement is being routed for signature. Item number 40, Town of Davie signature pages have been received. Mayor requests without objection, item number 35, 38, 39, 40, 43, 44, 45, and 46 be moved to consent. Additional material, regular meeting. Item number 1A and B, board appointments. Item number 2, exhibit 2, replacement pages 6 and 62 submitted by the Aviation Department. Item number 33, parking garage update submitted by Mayor Bogan. Item number 34, memo to the board from Public Works Department. Item number 38, memo to the board from the Office of the County Attorney. Item number 37, email to the City of Sunrise from the County Administration. Item number 45, good faith efforts review memos. Item number 45, subparagraph two, memo to the board from the office of the county attorney. Item number 47, I'm sorry, county auditor, thank you. I'm just making sure you're on your toes there. <laughs> Item number 47, newspaper article submitted by Commissioner Udine. Um, shall I repeat that? I won't repeat that, okay. Okay, with that, um, I'm going to ask uh, commissioners for any pulls um, and uh, the county administrator. Start with the uh, county administrator, no. county auditor. Keep it going. None. Vice Mayor Holness. I'm sorry, what was that? 35. 35. He's ruining it. He, he Why just, are you smiling? Uh, you ruined it. Ruined it. No, no, no pulls. No pulls. Item number 45, just for a recusal, and item number 44, please. Okay, so we have... How many for the public? Is Senator Geller on the phone? Senator Geller, are you on the phone? Okay. I don't see any from the public. Okay, so um, let's go on. Give me one second. I'd like a, I'd like to move it. Um, I'll make a motion. So so our consent items are um, one through thirty one, and the items I just mentioned thirty eight, thirty nine, thirty five, thirty eight, thirty nine, forty, forty three, forty four, forty five, forty six, and then uh, 
we were, this was pulled 35 was put back on consent, 44 and 45 were put back on consent. Correct? I'm regular, I'm sorry. Oh, I'll wake up. Okay. Second. I have a motion to approve and second. All in favor? Aye. Any opposed? Show that passing uh, eight, right? Eight zero. We have also to note, you, you uh, Commissioner, okay, on number 45. Uh, in regard to item 45, it's a motion to award a fixed contract under which Craven Thompson would serve as a consultant. I am on the board of directors and own shares in Legacy Bank. They do not trade on a stock exchange. Another owner has a substantial interest in Craven. Therefore, I will be leaving the dais and not voting on 45. I ask that the minutes reflect that I've abstained and I'll file the appropriate form. Please leave the dais. Get out of here. Okay, so we're going to vote on 45. All in favor? Aye. Any opposed? Show the item passing 7 uh, to 0 with 1 abstention. Is that correct? Okay. Um, let's go to number 35. And I'm going to be quick. Well, 35 was, was, was I'll pulled. Quick. I'll be quick also. I just, I just don't want to forget 32, Mayor, when you just one public hearing item. Okay. Uh, 32, there's a public hearing. Okay. We're not going to okay. We'll come back. 35. On item 35, I, I pulled it because on, on several occasions I, I spoke of the need for us to have adequate space for our cleaning services to have storage uh, and, and facilities to accommodate them. Uh, and, and unfortunately, it appears as if we don't have that in place. Um, I'm wondering if our director of the airport is here. Uh, Mark. Mr. Gale. The distinguished director, Mark Gale. Mr. Gale, Mr. Gale is sleep deprived today, so be kind to him. <laughs> He's sleep deprived. Oh, I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> oh, well, I so promise are we all. I won't be too hard. No, we, no. <laughs> we had an incident at our airport. <laughs> uh, thank you for, for being here, Director Gale. Uh, on, on this item, we we're, seems to be very limited in space to accommodate our cleaning services, and, and it puts us in a, in a place where we're not able to have uh, the contract uh, split to allow for more CBE uh, reserve for participation. Uh, I'm wondering where we are and, and how we're going to work to accommodate even the one, even as limited as it is, I'm being told we still have issues with space for check-in, for storage, and for break rooms. Thank you, Vice Mayor. I, I think um, we're committed at the airport to work with uh, Mr. McDonald's shop um, and any vendor that comes to the airport in order to provide space. I, I think it, it, it goes without saying we're space challenged at the airport. I have no less than a dozen requests right now for additional space for airlines, for concession space, from service providers and, and whatnot. We certainly understand the importance of space, particularly in this, in this case here, in order to provide for uh, room for our, our CBEs and our small businesses in order to operate at the facility. Uh, we're just going to continue to do our best. Um, terminals 2, 3, and 4 um, are still uh, under heavy construction right now. Terminal 1 is getting finished up. We're going to see if we can't reprogram some space in the Terminal 1 environment in order to help support 
uh, the goals that are in front of us and, and continue to look at the remaining construction projects to see where we can either carve out and or reprogram space in order to support the goals that are in front of us right now. Thank you. And I'm looking forward to come out to our uh, uh, launch for our, our diplomats when they come through. The room is ready and waiting for you, sir. Thank you very much. With Thank that, you. I move the item. Second. I have, we have item moved and second. All in favor? Aye. Any opposed? Show that passing unanimously 8-0. Let's go to number 45. Okay, we'll go to number 32. Um, we're going to open up the public hearing? Yes, sir. Okay, we're going to open up a public hearing. Um, this is a motion to uh, adopt resolution to vacate a portion of a two-foot, 12-foot, a two 12-foot wide utility easement. Um, I see no speakers from the public. I'm going to bring back to the dais. I'll move I'll the move item, the Mayor. Second. second. I have moved a second. All in favor of number 32? Aye. Any opposed? Show that passing 8-0. Um, I'm going to close the public hearing. Uh, do I need a vote on that? No, sir. You're, you're fine. I'm great. We close the public hearing. All right. We're moving along. Bertha, you think we can get this done before 11? You just jinxed it. You just jinxed it. Yeah. Okay. You just need to keep going and just look at the time. <laughs> okay. Hold on. Give me a second. You on 34? Yeah, hold on one second. No, he's doing 33 right now. Doing okay, we're on the regular agenda. Number 33. Uh, we're going to move on. We're going to, uh, we discussed it last week. I don't think there's anything to discuss this week um, unless somebody wants to. No. Nope. Um, we could just uh, defer it. Done. Let's just, I, I didn't see the um, EV infrastructure added to that. If you could add that to there. Susan? They'll be added for next meeting. Okay. Hold on. Okay. Um, here's, so number 36 is next. Now, um, while I, I spoke to the county attorney uh, on number 36, while I do not have a actual conflict of interest, um, because there may be potential litigation between potentially between my client and Oracle, not sure how things are going to work out, I am going to recuse myself, walk off the dais, and hand it over to the vice mayor for number 36. Uh, can I have a motion uh, for motion to approve item 36. Second. Can I have, all in favor? Aye. Opposed? <laughs> He just had to hit that gavel. <laughs> did, did it pass? You better say uh, seven. Seven it passed. Seven uh, with one exception. One, one exception. Ex ex exemption. Yeah. One abstention. Abstention. Uh, okay. What's next? Hold on. Thirty-four. Yeah, we can. Okay, we did uh, thirty-four. No, we need to do uh, 34. Withdrawn. 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 Okay. 36. Uh, we just did 37. Uh, let's go. That's on time certain and 38. 40, 44. Mayor. Okay. I don't know why I'm, uh, I'm not. Uh, no, I'm out of it. I thought. 
The 44 was moved. 44 was moved to consent. And okay. Go ahead. I just want to vote no on it. I want to. I think that we're going. I have a lot of respect for Judge Tudor. I spoke with him about this. I think eventually something's going to need to be done. On, obviously, on that courtroom. But this is going to be five million dollars that we're going to get stuck paying the tab on if we don't do this the right way and have the state pay for this. They should be paying for this. We have five million dollars of needs where we can use other places throughout the county. Even within the court system, there's two bills right now to expand the jurisdiction of all the county courts, which is going to overload Hollywood's satellite court, probably the North Satellite Court. So just for the administration of the justice that we perform in this county, that $5 million is going to be something uh, that we're going to need to use. Um, and I think once we start down this path right now, we're not going to be able to turn it off. And we're going to be up to the state like we've been for the last few years asking for them to pay for the furniture that they were supposed to pay for in the tune of a couple million dollars. Uh, and why we would take this off the state's budget and put this onto our taxpayers' budget, I, I just can't support it. Now, I'm, I'm going to go next. Uh, uh, County Attorney, did we transfer title ownership of our courthouse to the state that I'm not aware of? No. Um, are you aware of anything that uh, Commissioner Udine is claiming that the state is now responsible for, for funding this? Are you aware of anything that the state is required to fund uh, the courtrooms or fund the building of the uh, infrastructure of our courthouse? I don't know that Commissioner Udine was necessarily saying that. I don't need you to paraphrase. I just want to know whether the state has any obligation to fund our courthouse. Uh, I, would, I would have to answer it, it depends uh, on, on this particular item. Uh, it depends if, if this is something that's a, a basically core courthouse function within Article 5, then it would be our responsibility. If it's something beyond that with potential multi-jurisdictional use or something else, then it might be appropriate uh, for the state to do that. But, but again, this item is, is a preliminary item to basically cost it out. Uh, I wouldn't say that we are legally obligated to do this until this were further developed, and then maybe I would give you that yeah. opinion. So if there's no state use for it, to build, a, to build another courtroom, is it our responsibility to pay for that or some other jurisdiction's responsibility to pay for it? I wish, Mayor, I could give you uh, anything more than it depends on the specific facts here. Certainly it was our responsibility to provide the courthouse uh, in, in general, it's a beautiful courthouse. If it's efficiently functioning, then, then we probably have met our statutory obligation. Uh, I would have to understand more of the facts. Okay. Uh, but it, it is not okay, so, a state responsibility, but there might be, if there's a multi-jurisdictional use, it might be something the state would be willing to contribute. Okay, so I want to just make sure I, I'm clear that, from my understanding, we, the state has no responsibility whatsoever to fund an additional courtroom if, uh, if the state is not using it. I spoke to Judge Tudor, and he said that the function of this courtroom was not for the state to use. We have a 17th floor that's unfinished. We did not finish the 17th floor. We did not finish it. It's not because the state didn't pay for it. We were going to not finish it for future uses, to my understanding. And the chief judge has said to me for a number of years that, um, that there is no place in that courthouse for them to have any type of large function, large jury room, anything except in their normal jury room, which is being occupied many times. 
And just to make sure that I didn't uh, speak uh, uh, in artfully, uh, I'm not saying the state has, has an obligation to do this. I'm saying the county may also not have an obligation depending on what the space is going to be and depending on the use it might be something that the state may choose to contribute. I, I, I understand but Commissioner Dean specifically said this is a state function. You, you said it was a, it was you said it was a state function and so I want to clarify the record that is I believe that it, that's an error it is not a state function to pay for a 17th floor courtroom. Um, I'll get you a chance to, to, okay. to respond. Uh, Commissioner Ryan? Wait, am I in queue? So you're in queue. You're not okay. in queue. Commissioner Udine is correct that um, we have not been reimbursed for the cost of the furniture, which, uh, according to the statute, is uh, one of the expenses that would be paid by the state. Uh, but uh, as had been stated by the county attorney, the courtroom use, so the design, which is what we are approving here, the architectural design, and the construction and the use of it is a core judicial function, so it will be... Um, a matter that is uh, paid for by the county. When we constructed the, the West Tower, uh, the 17th floor was, was discussed at length on whether it would be used for um, multiple courtrooms uh, based upon the expansion of the number of judges in our circuit and uh, the uses. Uh, but I think the stronger argument is that with a county of this size, it would, be, uh, it would behoove us to have a large courtroom for high-profile cases, whether they're civil or criminal. And this is uh, what has been recommended, highly recommended, by Chief Judge Tudor. What I had stated at the last meeting is that I wanted to dual-track this item where we would go forward with the architectural design, but at the same time uh, submit a request to the state of Florida the Florida legislature to fund a portion of the construction of this large courtroom. Uh, if it's going to cost us, I don't know, $5 million, then maybe the, the state will chip in uh, 25%, maybe a little bit more. But, I mean, we hire lobbyists at the state level, the federal level. We ought to make our lobbyists work and have them present this proposal. All the, the only thing that could happen is we get turned down. Even if we get turned down, if it's our intention to go forward and build this courtroom, which I think is a very good use, then we'll go forward. Um, the multi-jurisdictional use, it, which I spoke to at the last um, commission meeting, is uh, it has been oftentimes proposed that the 4th District Court of Appeal could hold oral arguments in that large courtroom because it is um, designed for three judges and a panel to sit uh, in that courtroom. Uh, so I think it's a, a, a good idea for us to go forward now, make this small investment so we don't lose any time, and uh, at the same time, we will attempt during this legislative session, which starts today, to uh, get the uh, appropriation to assist us in this. So um, I'm in favor of item 44. Commissioner Sharif. Okay, so let me just say, that this courthouse never belongs to Broward County until it's time to pay for something. Now, when we built this courthouse, we had our nice Broward County seal up on the wall and they pulled it down. Do you not recall that? They've been pulled down in all the courtrooms and replaced with whatever they wanted to put up there, which was the 17th whatever court. Whatever the hell it is, the state didn't pay for it, right? The state didn't pay for it. So why are you coming back to us right now telling me about my obligation to build a high-profile courtroom. I would prefer to take this money 
and go pay for the tower to be placed over there in Holland, Hollywood at the park than to waste my time doing this. Because the reality of it is, is that you and I and everybody up on this day has know we have zero control over that courthouse right now. Zero. The only thing that comes here is request to pay for stuff. I'm in agreement with Commissioner Udine. I think that we do open up a can of worms. If the state seal is hanging throughout that courthouse, then it should be the state's responsibility to build a high-profile courtroom. And other than that, you know, um, I would say I'm, I'm, I'm going to support my colleague's opinion, and I'm, I'm going to vote no. Thank you. Senator Rich. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, I actually am going to support this item. Um, uh, I have to say that um, I, I, I have been personally so impressed with Judge Tudor as, a, as the chief judge because of his tremendous outreach to people in the community, to issues in the community that are important that have been kind of ignored. Um, just recently, this past week, they had a big event down there, uh, which had lots of young people from schools around the community. Um, and uh, he is very intent on working uh, to help teach young people about civics and about the importance of the judiciary. Uh, so I think, you know, there are lots of ways that this can be used, but uh, he has kind of shown by starting the, the community court, he is really interested with what's going on, and there is no place to have these events. Um, so it's a, there are, it's multi-purpose as far as I can see. Um, and um, I think that, um, uh, that uh, as I said, he's, he's, he, he's, I understand, you know, the seal. I was there when the seal, you know, became the state of Florida seal. But, but the, the, the chief judge really is concerned about the people in our community. And he's shown that by the things that he's doing. So I'm going to support his effort here. Vice Mayor Holness. Yes. Uh, may I inquire as to where we are with the reimbursement for the furnishings? We have not received reimbursement from the state for the furnishings. Do we have a status as to where the process is? Are they going to do it? They're not going to do it? Where, where are we? Parking garage. So it's on each year you, you make a request and you see if the legislature appropriates the money for it. And um, to, to my knowledge, there's, no, there's been no movement um, yet again on this. We'll be asking uh, once again for a reimbursement, but I don't have any other update on it. Are we getting any uh, support from the judiciary on getting the reimbursement? They're not involved. They, they I, I they you know, I can't answer. Ethically. I can't answer that. Ethically, they're not allowed to. They're not allowed to talk to their legislatures to make sure they have furnishing in their in their courtrooms. Uh, it seems to me that they should be able to. Uh, so, the the other question I have, Administrator, is a timeline. If we were to pass this today, what's a timeline, uh, and and what is going to be our funding process? Uh, for us to, to, to make this happen? So the, um, the, the timeline is, is as um, I'm advised, the design um, of the work to be done on that floor will take about eight months uh, from the start of us agreeing to, uh, to fund it. 
Um, after that, there's about a month or two for permitting, and then subsequently a year to construct. So the item that you have in front of you um, is the 350000 which is what we estimate the design work to cost. It would start that process while we, once again, ask the state for some support um, for the project. But should they not uh, provide any funding, this will be an item at, that you will be discussing as part of the capital budget for FY2020. So, would it, so you're telling me in our budget now, 1920 or starting 20? 2020. So it is currently. This year's, it, wasn't, it wouldn't be the budget that we're going to discuss in a couple of weeks. It'd be the next yes, year's budget. No, it would be the budget that you're going to begin discussing this coming uh, next week. Um, the capital budget is usually discussed um, in August. So. After about that time, you will know whether or not there was uh, support from the state um, to assist us with the okay. with this. So, so I'm in support of uh, Commissioner Ryan's idea that we go along with this. Uh, Judge Tudor spoke to me, and, and uh, he expressed that he believes there's a need. Uh, and and uh, as Commissioner Rich said he's really been a forward-thinking uh, chief judge in terms of bringing community together and dealing with issues that normally are not being dealt with, like ensuring that the population that we have in our jails uh, are not people who don't need to be there. Uh, but I still believe that we ought to pursue other financing option, options from the state or from, from whatever means uh, otherwise. I would probably not support us putting it in this year's budget, but probably in the subsequent year budget uh, after this expenditure. Uh, because even with that, from what you're telling me, we are at least 12 months away, even if we were to pass it today, uh, for this to be done. Uh, so for us to, to put it in, in the following year's budget, I think, uh, give us some time to be able to then pursue uh, uh, support from other entities uh, to get this done. Commissioner Fisher. Thank you, Mayor. Um, I do agree with uh, Senator Rich's comments of Judge Tudor. I think he is doing a phenomenal job. Um, two questions. Number one for Mr. Meyer. Is the issue, because I'm just joining this obviously this body, so I'm trying to get educated on this. On the furniture issue, was there not some sort of a written agreement with the state of Florida, some physical document that states that they owe us for this money? I, I believe statutorily, the it might be under Article 5 of the Constitution, but I believe statutorily that the state is required to uh, pay for some of the furniture, not all of it. And I, I don't know the current status of it. I have not been involved in sending letters to the state. Uh, certainly there is a legal obligation for them to pay for some of the furniture. I think Mr. Kerr is here. If he could just confirm, it's either, I, I think the state is obligated to pay for the non-publicly accessible room furniture. So basically the, the back, the, the, the private office area furniture. So they're, and, they're obligated to pay for this. Yes. But why haven't we challenged them to go in and pay on a legal basis? Ms. Henry? It's not that we haven't. Um, it's still, everything is subject to an appropriation. 
And when we requested it, and I know we requested it for several years, um, we were just not successful in getting the legislature to appropriate the money to pay for it. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to analyze it. I, I, I'm not aware of the statute or certainly the constitutional provision conditioning it necessarily on appropriation legally. Practically, whether we're going to sue, assuming that it's not conditioned upon an appropriation, if we were going to sue as a practical matter, that's something that would be a, a business decision. But we will analyze it. I will uh, try to determine what the status of that is. I'm not sure what the amount is that we're claiming is owed. I'm also not sure whether the demand to the state was overbroad. It may have captured some of the furniture expense for the publicly accessible areas. Uh, I made a note. We're going to analyze this, take a look at it, because it certainly seems to be relevant information uh, if we're also going to be making an ask of the state for potential funding towards the courtroom construction. I, th I think that should have been a priority, and I think you need to make it a priority now uh, to be able to get some answer, yes, no, and different. But it seems to me the obligation is there. They should have paid this money a long time ago, number one. So I'm hoping, Mr. Myers, that you, you, you aggressively pursue that well, to, to get us an answer so we know exactly where we're at. Okay. I, I, I believe, and we may have already looked at it, I, I, I believe we could sue under it. We'll take a quick look if that's what the board wanted us to do. Absolutely. I, I mean, I, Absolutely. I, I, I think yeah. this board needs to take a position of, of affirmative and saying, you know, we, we, we are deserve this money and we want it now. I mean, you can't just continue year after year just to say, well, the state owes us money and it's okay next year, next year. No, that's, so, not, that's not acceptable so in my eyes. Absolutely right. C C Commissioner, may, may I analyze it over the next week or so if we think that we have a, a right to sue? Uh, I will discuss it with each of you in individual briefings before uh, the next meeting, which is the end of March. And if, if we believe that it's viable, uh, then we can put an item on directing us to do so. And this lastly, Mayor, and I love that the speaker wants to speak. So, so Ms. Henry, so the 5.6, so that you're looking to for the capital improvements this coming budget. And as Vice Mayor said, that it takes the 12 months issue to get it going. Are you in agreement with that, or you want to keep it in this particular budget this coming year? Well, certainly, the sooner we know um, whether or not the board is desirous of funding it, the better. Because if we're going to uh, go through the process of the design, we need to know that there's money to construct it. You could, you know, our, our capital budget is in five-year increments, so we could put it in the second year of the five-year plan, but, but I would rather know now or um, as quickly as possible if this is something the board is desirous of funding. There's, there's um, one other issue that I think um, it's, it's related but not um, directly, and it has to do with um, uh, space in general. Uh, we believe, and we'll have a discussion about this um, with you as part of the capital budget, but we believe that we're going to have to replace the uh, courthouse in, um, in Hollywood. Um, and we have been, um, as part of the budget processes, we have been putting money aside to start to prepare for that. As you can imagine, if you close down a courthouse, you're going to have to move that traffic and those court activities to other locations. And obviously, um, the closest location to that, uh, to the southern part of the community would be the central 
the main court um, courthouse complex. I've had discussions with um, the chief judge on that, and he certainly understands that that's going to be uh, a tall order, but uh, he has indicated that he would work with us on that. So we're trying to balance a number of issues um, in um, looking at um, this in its totality, and, and hopefully by the time we're having our capital budget, we'll have a lot more information for you. It boils down to, and obviously I'm going to support this item, but we want to be, if we're going to support it, we also need to have the foresight to fund it. I mean, otherwise we're just spending $350,000 for nothing. So thank you, Mayor. Um, we have an 11 o'clock certain. Uh, Commissioner Furr has not spoken, and I've got Commissioner Udeen, uh, Commissioner Sharif, Commissioner Ryan, Senator Ridge, all wanting to speak again. Um, I'm real so quick. I'm going to let you go, and then do you want to, we'll just we'll, come back? We'll go to the time certain. We'll go to time certain. Okay. Yeah, you actually Commissioner Furr, go ahead. You can do that with time service. You don't have to be able to. Commissioner Furr, go ahead. Uh, just real quick. First of all, I appreciate Commissioner Udine for bringing this up and alerting us to some of this, but I am going to support this. I do think if, we, if there's a way of phasing this so that we put, uh, uh, make sure that part of it is being funded this year and next year, so it's not one big hit on one year, if we can do that, can we spread it over a couple of years? Uh, yes. Uh, again, the capital budget, we've been doing that for a while. We'll put um, design in one year and construction in another year. And, okay. So it's not and a $5 over hit, dollar hit all at once. If so, that's the will of the board, yes, yeah. we can spread it over multiple years. I just think that would make more sense because I appreciate what you were trying to say there. So we, we do a little bit this year, a little bit next year, and everything. That's all. I will support it, though. Thank you. Um, do you want me to take uh, – I got people saying let's – okay, you got 60 seconds. Let's go. We'll go real, real quick. Um, so the court's obligation is to dispense justice to the people of Broward County. This court, this showroom court, is a classic definition in government of a want and not a need. I understand. We can have big, large events. I was at the event for Black History Month in the jury room. There must have been 400 people there. It was lovely. There was plenty of room. The county administrator told you, and, and I know this, I'm there all the time, our county satellite courthouses where we dispense justice to thousands of people on a daily basis, the people that live in all of our communities are going to need to be replaced and replaced pretty soon. They're, they're, those buildings are near their, their end of their useful life, especially in Hollywood. So you're talking about thousands of residents that we're going to need to dispense justice. That, that, that dollars we're going to need to pay for. I realize I'm going to lose this vote, but I'm going to still vote no on this because this is something we can have everything they want to do in that courthouse they can do the way it is right now i too want to build a show court at some time in the future but now is not the time to do it i think now is a time to take care of our needs and we have a lot of needs before that i'm not going to support this i think judge tudor is doing an excellent job with the community but this isn't going to affect the community this is going to be for a show trial you want to affect the community Wait till you see what's going to happen when we have to deal with these county courts that we know we're going to have to pay for and that we know is going to be multi-million dollars. So I'm okay being on the losing side of this. I'm not going to support this right now. Uh, before I uh, give this over to Commissioner Sharif, this is not just for a show court. There's numerous events every month 
that they need space for, that they claim they don't have space for, but Commissioner Sharif? Well, you, I'm, 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 since I, you, you address we, me, I'm, you keep addressing I'm me. I'm allowed to respond. So I'm, then I'm allowed to respond. No, no, In no. Commissioner Yudin, I'm it's Commissioner Sharif. I'm giving it to her. You spoke twice. I'm giving but it to ever, her. But when I speak, you keep throwing this thing out and you because keep specifically. You, because I don't believe you're making statements that are accurate about In what's going on. In the backup, it says it's for trial court for high-profile trials and for events. I made Right, it's for events. That I, that's event. all I said. I said that there's numerous events that go on there every month, and they don't have space for it. That's all I added. Not we had an event last week. So can I just ask my two questions, because I have two questions. County Administrator, um, was there any plans in place for this particular area of the courthouse? When we voted on and we approved the budget for the courthouse and we built the courthouse, did we have anything in mind for this area of the courthouse before? So, uh, yes, what we, um, we reserved a floor in anticipation that over the next, between the next 20, 30, 40 years, we, our circuit would grow and we would need to build some additional courtroom space for um, any expansion in the, in the judicial suites that the circuit would provide for our court. Okay. Our county. And, and then within that budget that we initially agreed upon for this courthouse, was those dollars that we were intending on spending in the future, were those dollars estimated or allocated in any of that funding? No. Okay, so do so we didn't have an estimated cost of what it would be to build out the courtrooms that the regular style courtrooms that we wanted to build up. Uh, I believe that the staff had um, um, uh, has an estimate or had an estimate, but again, we we um, reserved it as expansion space, so we really didn't place any of um, any any um, equipment, any uh, walls. I mean, it's just a pretty much a bare space. So it wasn't and, that we didn't finish it. We didn't finish that part on purpose. Correct. Okay. Um, the last thing that I'm going to say about this item is that um, if we're going to make Im improvements or we're going to make purchases like this, um, typically they are sped, spread out over five years, and that's the way that we did it with the courthouse. That's the way that we're going about it doing with other things like the convention center, mm -hmm. like other things that we've done in the community. I. Um, I want to make sure that whatever we put on this 17th floor has a good um, use and that every bit of this courthouse uh, reflects our fiscal um, constraint and our responsibility to this community. While I respect Judge Tudor, um, and I like his style and I like his approach at what he's doing at the courthouse, I think that there has to be also um, that same uh, level of respect given to this body and to this community. The community's money built that courthouse that is Broward County's courthouse. And I think that in the future, we should also look at um, restoring Broward County seal upon the walls of our courthouse because we have paid and the taxpayers have paid for that courthouse. With that, I think that this is a bit overzealous in terms of the the amount, and so that's why I'm not going to support this item. Thank you. Commissioner Ryan, and then you're next. I just want to be careful that we don't blend the two items together. When the legislature has a responsibility for funding um, judicial operations, judicial capital budget, 
they have a great deal of discretion because the Florida Constitution says that the Florida legislature is the appropriating body. So if they don't appropriate, I don't think any kind of lawsuit to compel the state to pay for the furniture would be successful. The idea of getting appropriations from the state of Florida is, uh, as Commissioner Rich will tell you, is a delicate art. You've got to go up there and you've got to make a case and explain why your request is different than others. And I'll give you an example, and I believe that Commissioner um, Rich may have worked on this. Broward County was being shortchanged on um, juvenile detention funding for several years. And it appeared that we had a very strong case. And in fact, I think we had a district court of appeal opinion that basically compelled the legislature to make the payment. And they didn't. So, you know, it just push, push, push with lawsuits is, is not the way to go. With regard to the use of this courtroom, sure, I mean, we have, I don't know, 20, 30 functions a year that the public comes in and for, for various presentations, you will use it. But at the same time, this county is growing. We're almost 2 million people now. So we have to be able to grow into the large metropolitan area that really we are emerging into. Uh, I'm talking about very high-profile criminal cases, um, class action, tobacco litigation, uh, opioid litigation, these big cases. You won't be able to accommodate the lawyers. You won't be able to accommodate the public to observe our judicial functions um, the way we could if we had this a larger courtroom. So it's not really a luxury. And at the same time, it doesn't occupy the entire 17th floor. It occupies about, a, I think, about a third of the floor. So we still can accommodate additional courtrooms, which the county administrator spoke to, that we may need based upon the Supreme Court authorizing additional circuit and county court judges based upon the judicial workload in this county. So I'm suggesting we go forward now. This is only $350,000. Of course, that's a lot of money. But in relation to uh, a courthouse that cost, what was it, about $250 million, $300 million? Yes. Or more. Uh, you know, it's, it's not a, a large expense in proportion to the entire uh, complex. Senator Rich. <laughs> Senator Rich would like to move the item. Um, is there a second? Uh, hold on. Is, is uh, Vice Mayor... Okay, uh, uh, I don't know if Vice Mayor Holness was saying he's going to. I, we have a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. One, two, three, aye. All opposed? No. So we have a uh, item passes five to two uh, with um, one, uh, five to two. If, if uh, the Vice Mayor is listening, he can add his vote one way or the other when he gets back. So five, two, and then he'll add his vote. Uh, but it passes. Okay. Uh, well, it's not necessary. It's not necessary. Okay. Okay. We have a uh, time certain item number. Um, is it 37? Okay. How do we, uh, uh, our county administrator? Yes. So by uh, way of background on this item, uh, the county, the city, um, the Turnpike um, Authority and many others have been in discussions about a ramp, a northbound ramp um, um, in and out of our arena for quite some time. Guiding our support for 
advocating for that ramp, we are, mind, we are reminded of the, the projections that were used for I-595 that didn't, um, and uh, the, the, actually the sawgrass. In both those cases, um, those, two, um, those two roadway projects have far exceeded any of the expectations. So we have been um, working, and I would say for many years, on, on this issue. Um, there are representatives here from the Turnpike uh, Authority um, to be able to answer questions more specifically, but um, they did their analysis. They have indicated to us that um, when they look at these projects, they, they, um, they look at the project from a cost-benefit ratio uh, an analysis. Their initial analysis did not demonstrate that uh, a northbound ramp or a full interchange was warranted. Um, we challenged that um, at, at both the city and county level. The county hired its own um, uh, traffic uh, analysis. Um, we performed that analysis, presented it to the Turnpike Authority, um, and there were some uh, transitional issues going on at the time, but we finally heard back from the authority uh, late 2018, and um, they pointed out that there were um, flaws in the way that our traffic, traffic study was done. Um, they pointed out some things that we missed, some things that were not readily apparent to them, we went back, we did the analysis, and, and based on the way that these studies are, are done, um, we concur that the, based on those analysis that, um, you know, if you were going to go strictly by um, the modeling, that that would not be. Um, but from both the Turnpike, the county, and the city, they all show a benefit. The question is, um, how significant is that benefit? So today, um, we're here because the Turnpike Authority has said, look, we're prepared to assist with this project because there is some benefit, though it doesn't meet our overall threshold for full, full funding. We will pay for 50% of the cost of the project, but we need an answer. Initially, the, um, they gave us the deadline to December 31st. They have extended it, obviously, now to March 15th, but they have indicated um, in a letter uh, to Mayor Ryan that they needed a commitment locally for um, its cost, um, and they need a signed um, local funding agreement from the, lo the local community um, by May 31st. Uh, as well, because they're they're ready to proceed with the project. So that the reason that we're here today is we need to have a discussion with the board. This was not a project that was submitted by either the city or the county uh, for the surtax program. This would have to be funded. Uh, again, the um, the total interchange is about 56 million, um, and 50 percent of that obviously is around 28. Um, they have indicated that this work can be done in phases, that the first phase would be the North Brown ramp, which obviously the county is extremely interested in, and that half of that um, they believe would be around $13 million. So we're here today to, to have that conversation um, with the board as to what 
the county's participation or contribution could or should be. It's my understanding, again, I have, we have representatives here from the Turnpike Authority. They can answer any specific questions that you have. And I believe that uh, Mayor Ryan is also here from the city of Sunrise. Yeah, we, 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 have city, city we show me as voted Wait. in the affirmative on the previous uh, uh, item. Thank you. Mayor, can I just Sorry. ask for clarification on what she just sure. said real quick? You said it exceeded the use or exceeded the use in terms of traffic or exceeded the amount of money that it would cost. What you were just talking about. So with, what this, I, with the what expressway I, and 595. So with the expressway and 595, um, the the traffic that ultimately ended up on both of those roadways were significantly more That's than I think people I just, had I just anticipated. Sure. So um, for the county and I'm sure the city, we're just guided by our community is growing, and yes, the the modeling um, uh, took into consideration. Um, some build out at the at the facility, but at this point, um, um, if you follow strictly the modeling, this is where we are. Yeah, we, we have two speakers. Uh, I'd like to see if uh, Mayor Ryan is Mayor Ryan. Are you here? Good morning, uh, Mayor, Vice Mayor. Commissioners, I agree with uh, what Bertha Henry just said. There are times when we as policymakers inherit really bad decisions. Uh, we're working together right now on solid waste to try to overcome terrible decisions that were made 30 years ago. And the idea that when they built Pat Salerno, they built no northbound access is one of those terrible decisions. I want to thank uh, Ms. Henry and staff. We have for three years been advocating in Tallahassee together in lockstep demanding a northbound ramp. We are joined with the large economic stakeholders, American Express, Sawgrass Mills Mall, Westera, Metropica, Sawgrass Park, Stiles. Rarely do you get this group together to fly together to Tallahassee to say we need this northbound ramp. It's even more urgent now as we look at what we're going to do with the BB&T Center. We know the build out is coming. In this particular context, it needs to be, uh, I think Tallahassee needs to be cognizant that Sawgrass Mills Mall is one of the largest sales tax producers in all of Florida. We are generating thousands of jobs. We are seeking additional capital investment. We have proven that we can do something here. And yet, Turnpike Enterprise is willing to put stakes in the ground for the American Dream Mall that's proven nothing yet. We are proven. And so I thank the Board of County Commissioners. You have been an amazing partner in this process as we've joined together. And I hope that the Turnpike Enterprise will be more responsible in its request because for this regional asset, which is not just an entertainment, it has served as pre-storm and post-storm staging. It is a regional asset for us. It is a state asset for the state. And we as a local community cannot bear the cost of what's necessary to put in what should have been done 30 years ago. Thank you. Perfect. <laughs> Richard Solomon. Good morning, Mayor, mayors and commission, Mayor and Commissioners. Uh, Richard Salomon, City Manager for Sunrise. Uh, I wanted to echo uh, Mayor Ryan's comments and just to say that empirically, we know from our own experience living in that community 
that this ramp, the full access interchange to and from the north is already needed. We have major backups of traffic every single event at the arena. We have major backups of traffic when there are special uses of the arena f related to hurricanes. The D-SNAP event that uh, everyone might remember from a couple of years ago uh, after Hurricane Irma, we, they were putting 75,000 people into that ar on an arena property in three days, and we were backed up on Oakland Park Boulevard past Knob Hill Road on Sunrise Boulevard back to Knob Hill Road. It's a major problem. The, the advantage of this ramp is that we'll direct traffic from the arena and from the mall directly onto the Sawgrass Expressway. And in fact, for the, for the mall's purpose, with all of their traffic and it being the second largest tourist attraction in the state of Florida, they actually can promote to their customers. When you visit our mall, come take the Sawgrass Expressway, take the Pat Salerno Drive exit, Come into our mall, when you leave, you leave the same way. No matter whether you're going south, whether you're going north, whether you're going east to the uh, airport, it makes no difference. You can take one route in and all that traffic comes off of Sunrise Boulevard, Flamingo Road, Panther Parkway. This is something that is needed for the, for the community already. And with, as Mayor Ryan said, with the additional development at Metropica, at the BBNT Center that is proposed, this will be a critical component for everyone so we, we strongly uh, appreciate your consideration on, on doing whatever's necessary to try to make this happen. We've, been, we've invested years of work, and as the mayor said, we've gone to Tallahassee. We've had multiple conversations with FDOT uh, secretary, with the governors. We're trying everything we can to make this thing happen, and we appreciate your support for the project. Thank you. Thank you. Bringing it back to the dais, uh, Commissioner Ryan. Right, from what I understand, the, <clears throat> the Turnpike Enterprise uh, Authority uh, has done a study, and um, this study looks at the, um, I guess it's the um, cost-benefit analysis based upon the uh, extent of the traffic flow um, at this intersection. Is there somebody from the Florida Department of Transportation or the Turnpike Enterprise that can uh, come to the podium and answer a couple of questions? Yes, you have a representative coming up. We didn't want to disappoint you, so we're glad that you're here to answer <laughs> some questions. Well, I appreciate it. Good morning. My name is Carol Scott, and I'm the planning manager for Florida's Turnpike Enterprise. And I also have here with me Andrew Velasquez. He's with AECOM, and he's um, one of our traffic engineers. So just to put a little context in here, the Turnpike is a little different where we are funded um, primarily with bonds. So when we look at a new interchange or new um, movements to an interchange, we obviously look at things like local support, which we have here. Um, we look at traffic need, but we also look at revenue um, potential because we have to answer to bondholders when we sell our bonds to build our um, interchanges or our widenings that there's a, there's a fiscal reason why we need to build this interchange. We have to justify it. So um, Andrew and his team did a study and there is benefit, there is some traffic need or some traffic relief it produces, but um, he can go into more details, but it didn't show um, the amount that we needed to justify to be able to bond this. When um, was that last study completed? Um, recently, right? But yeah, yeah, we completed it. Uh, we finalized the document um, this 
past year uh, in 2018. Uh, and did you initiate the study, gather the, the data to do this cost-benefit ratio analysis? Correct, yeah. We worked actually with the city um, as well as the county to get all of our land use information, including all the developments that Mayor Ryan spoke of. We used all that information into our transportation analysis, and that was the basis of our forecasting that um, we, we talked about. I, I make this inquiry because uh, you're talking about a toll road. So if you show that there's going to be more traffic on the roadway, then this would justify moving forward, at least with phase one. Uh, if, you, if you did phase one now, um, is it still... Um, with the economies of scale, are you still um, doing the appropriate uh, um, fiscal um, action in order to, to build the northbound on-ramp now? And if you have to wait a couple more years to do the southbound, um, is that is that going to affect the cost? There, there's going to be an incremental cost associated with having to do the southbound later, um, you know, with the phase approach. But from a pure kind of a benefit-cost ratio, and the benefit that you get uh, initially, the northbound on only does make much more sense. It's a lower cost, and it helps uh, particularly with the arena event traffic, trying to get the people out of there and directly onto the sawgrass. Uh, so I think that's the turnpike's position as well, and, and I think we'd, we'd also support that, that northbound only um, as uh, approach if we could uh, come to some sort of funding agreement. Well, part of the argument that we heard from the, uh, from the mayor, Mayor Ryan, and I think it's well-founded, is that you really have a dynamic situation here with a lot of construction in this area, and perhaps your study uh, might be uh, reveal additional traffic if you updated it. I mean, how much time would it take you to do an updated traffic study based upon all of the construction permitting and growth that we see in this area? It's, it's, it's new. It, it takes into account the latest information that we have. And, in fact, uh, the, the county's traffic consultant, just finished their study in December of 2018 that comes to the same conclusion, same traffic forecasting, same shifting of traffic from the Oakland Park versus Sunrise. So you've got the, the latest and greatest information available to you. Uh, what, what, is, what role does the uh, MPO play in, in funding these improvements? I mean, you're asking for 50% participation by Broward County in the city of Sunrise. Um, is the MPO simply going to be a conduit for the state money coming down, or is is the, no, um, um, is the MPO able to get money from additional sources? We generally don't do additional sources unless they're um, private revenue sources because the one benefit to the Turnpike is that we are um, cash and bond funded, primarily state funds. So we can build our projects quickly. Um, the MPOs are primarily funded with federal funding, and when you involve the federal side of things, it's a very, very long time and a lot of, lot of details and so we generally don't go that route so um, we've had this come up before with interchanges that local communities have wanted and they haven't had that traffic need and that revenue potential that we need to be able to build completely so we've we've um, entered into these partnerships with local funding agreements so that's been um, our route in the past and that's how we want to proceed All right so the letter from F dot um, states that uh, the county and the city have to make a decision and enter into an interlocal agreement, I guess, by, by March 15th. What's the consequence if this deadline passes and, you know, subsequently you get, you get more information that justifies these improvements? What, you know, what happens? Um, how much time do we lose? What's the effect of missing this deadline? Well, um, as of now, I mean, we're, we are proceeding with the um, only the South 
to and from movements. So um, without an agreement, we have to proceed with what we have. Like we have a widening project going on. It's a six mile widening project. Um, at, at the Sawgrass Expressway around the Pat Salerno area. And we have construction, all the construction is funded and everything design is funded. Um, the construction is due to be start in 2023, and that actually sounds like a pretty long way down the road, but with a six mile um, limited access facility, that involves a lot of time with design and right of way. And, and so we really are crucial with our deadline right now that um, a written commitment um, by March 15th and then the uh, local funding agreement by the end of May. All right, so the, the letter from FDOT says that phase one, the $26 million, is for the onbound ramp from Pat Salerno uh, onto the, uh, to the sawgrass. As part of this construction that's going to take place through 2023, is it going to include that northbound ramp? No. The, the current project we have right now only includes the south to and from the south movements. The existing the movements, already, improving the existing yes, movements. Yes, improving the existing movements. So, I mean, if you look at the future development that, I mean, is in the works and, and is clear and, and what we see happening with development out in Sunrise, to, to go to 2023 and not build either of those ramps, I mean, it just seems like you're just going to get uh, really enhanced traffic congestion in that area. I, I don't understand the logic of it. All of yeah. our analysis is done actually out to the year 2045, right. and that's similar to what the, the traffic consultant has, has done, taking into account not ha what happens in the next five, but 10, 15 years from now. Mm -hmm. right. Is there some proposal to get a, uh, a short extension on this March 15th deadline? I heard something into April or May uh, to the county administrator. Uh, actually, the original deadline was December 31st, 2018. And um, we were able to get the extension to uh, March 15th um, with the final um, local funding agreement, money into March. All right, so May. do you two have the authority to give us another extension? No, we do not, unfortunately. <laughs> push it back, push it back, way back. All right, that's, um, that's the extent of my questions. Okay, I have Commissioner Furr, Commissioner Udine, Senator Rich, all in queue. Commissioner Furr. Thank you. The, that expressway by itself, uh, the sawgrass, does that bring in more money than all the other toll roads in the state? The turnpike system? The sawgrass in particular. Oh, the sawgrass? No. no. Does that bring in the most part? I had heard it did. No, no. not the sawgrass. Okay. Because um, I'm asking whether or not the delta, you're, are you determining what the delta is from how, mu how much it's being used now compared to what it was projected? Is that? Um, yeah, when we're analyzing an interchange, we're looking at only the... Um, the revenue that's collected at that interchange to be able to justify our investment in the interchange. And that's why that's why I was asking because I I had heard that that air that particular part was bringing in the most money for all of the tolls, and that's not not the case. Okay, um, I know I know from the South Florida Regional Planning Council we have been pushing this as well, especially with regard to I think the mayor had talked about the American Dream. Does, do they have a an on ramp scheduled? Yeah, and there's a local funding agreement with the... Um, and so that's how they jump that queue? Jump the queue. In other words, they, they are getting theirs set up, and that is already authorized because they got the local funding? Yeah, we have local funding agreements with the interchange. Yeah. So my question, I guess I'm a little surprised at that, given the fact that we've been pushing for this for that long. How did they get ahead of us without even having a building there yet? Just um, because they have local funding? Well, local funding plays a large part of it, yes. Um, I, I actually, 
I'm new to this position, so I don't know a lot of the um, history with that. But well, there's nothing built there yet. Right, right. I, right. I see that, yeah. And there's a, a, there's a very big mall here. <laughs> well, you <laughs> know, been I there a while. Let me speak to that a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, in that case, the, the county and, you know, the, the local partners were able to work with the turnpike and mm -hmm. come up to some agreement and get all that done in place because we, we needed to have right away in place and everything like that for the design. The design for that interchange is happening this fiscal year because it's, it's going along with the widening, very similar to what Carol's mentioning. We're trying to package it with the widening. This widening we had programmed, and then it was pushed out uh, by the MPO. Um, they had, you know, some concerns. So they, when we went to a, the work program approval, they voiced those concerns, and we decided to defer the project. We could have done it sooner, uh, but there was some opposition because of the the funding could not uh, occur. So that happened on that other project. Uh, the discussions were made. We have uh, design already, you know, getting ready to be completed and construction ready to go. So the project as a whole is moving forward because the widening is so much ahead. Do you always work with 50, is it always 50-50 with, with regard to funding? That, that's typically been the case. Does it ever go beyond that? Uh, are, there, are, there, are there applications sometimes where you pay more? There's been, yeah, there's been scenarios. I mean, there's, can we've you had, all, me, can we've had you? the gamut. Lately, you know, it's been, we've come to the table with 50-50. We've had an interchange built in uh, Port St. Lucie, Becker Road that was completely paid for by by the, the locals. Um, and we have others where we, you know, we've paid a little bit more. We have others where we, you know, right away was entered into the discussions and that offsets some of the costs. So um, we typically start with the 50-50 and there's been some that, you know, been held to that. Okay. I do have a question for Richard or Mike, either one. Thank you very much. Sure. Um, Mike, I'm just, uh, Mayor, I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, Mike, that's I'm wondering, is there a reason why this wasn't part of Sunrise's uh, what you requested on the surtax for cert local surtax? I don't surtax. think the county or the city did it. We believe that this is something that the Turnpike Enterprise should be handling. Let's be clear about the modeling on this because I think this is relevant to your question. Okay. In order to come to the conclusion that from the north there doesn't need to be an on-ramp into the BB&T, <coughs> you have to accept that the Oakland Park exit is going to dump all of that traffic onto Flamingo Road and then Panther Parkway. This is what you get when you get people who are engineers and don't live there and don't work there and don't own a business there. They say a couple of right-hand turns solve the problem, and therefore that's how we can tell you there's no need for anybody from the north to come directly on the site. What they're telling you is we're going to inconvenience the residents, the workers, all of the businesses, and not pay for something that would otherwise be needed if they didn't have Oakland Park. So the reason why we, neither the county or the city, put this in as part of it is because we believe that the, that the Turnpike Enterprise ought to be doing this. Additionally, I think you could always make adjustments going forward if that was the case for, if it was the view of the, of the board and the city to try to figure out if some of those dollars could be dedicated long term, and perhaps that covers the gap. But in the first instance, the idea that that we would be in a position to dedicate the significant dollars that they are requesting as a as local residents, it's just not achievable, not for us and not for any city. Okay, thanks. Um, I do think that we should be trying to f uh, figure figure out a way to do this. I mean, I think this is important. I think this is one of the bigger bigger projects that makes sense local wise. I can't think of many bigger ones. Um, I'm, I am surprised it wasn't on the surtax because I thought. That would be a you know an obvious um, 
place placeholder for it, but that's okay. Um, so I, I would like to look at a way that maybe we find a way to, to uh, definitely do the north north part and then phase in the second part. I think that makes sense. Um, but well, I'm, I'm, in, I'm interested in seeing what everybody else thinks. Commissioner Eugene. I agree with Commissioner Farr. Um, I think this is something that the Turnpike Authority should be paying for. I think we have, and I ride that, ro that road every single day. I think we have, you know, we do these traffic studies all the time, and then when it actually comes time to use the roads, none of these traffic studies make any sense to the public because they become overcrowded right away. And in this particular case, with no disrespect to anybody, we already see how this has worked out because on the north side of the sawgrass, we stopped and we didn't complete it all the way through to an appropriate interchange. For whatever reason, it's a total disaster there. Um, it's so hard now coming back later to get that portion of the road fixed. We see what's going on there. It's become a decade and decade long problem. That's what we're going to have down on the south part of the sawgrass if we don't do it right the first time. This is something we need to do right the first time. We need to put the exchange there that works. I think that the city of Sunrise and the county should be working together to try and force uh, the Turnpike Authority to use those toll dollars that they're getting down here to invest them down here and also to come up with an agreement if we have to to make that one of Sunrise's and the county's surtax if there needs to be some modicum of funding to come out of RN to do it. I also think we should be working with um, the new director of emergency management, Jared Moskowitz, because that is a regional area uh, that used uh, that uses a lot of resources in the event of an emergency. He's avail he is aware of the issue. He drives it himself. He lives down there. And I think for us to, to not do it the right way in the beginning is a mistake that 20 years from now we'll be sitting down here just like we are on the other side of the sawgrass talking about flyovers, recessed lanes, right-of-way, and the inability to move people around Broward County. So I support doing what we need to do to move this forward. Senator Rich. Yeah. Um, I think if I, if I could have the uh, the uh, the, uh, the, uh, the uh, Turnpike people, excuse me, I'm not saying F dot, come up. I just have a couple questions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we were at a meeting, uh, county administrator and myself, with a lot of the people that were mentioned by um, Mayor Ryan. He was there as well. And um, I think I, I'm kind of following what your, tr your trend is here about w w getting this thing done. I had to ask the question because I wasn't sure I heard right when I asked how long the planning would take for this, and they said, this was not the whole interchange as far as I, as I remember. It was the north, the ramp, and right, I think? Well, I, I think they it were going- the entire interchange at the time. But anyway, the answer was 42 months for planning and then building another four to five years. So we can't, we, we can't allow this to continue this way for that period of time in my opinion. I mean, to say that this traffic study is wrong is an understatement. Um, I, I, this is in my district. I'm there all the time, uh, all times of the day. The backups coming on and off of the sawgrass uh, onto I-75. 
uh, or going to 595. I mean, it's, it's out of control already. And we're talking about 42 months of planning and then an additional four to five years to build this. So, I, I mean, and, and it's appalling to me, actually, you know, that the American dream, that it's, there's nothing there now, zero. I don't know if it'll ever be built. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. But we're, we're already in this traffic crunch here. Sunrise, sunrise um, is just backed up all the time, coming on and off of there. And then, of course, the, the north area. So, I mean, I, I don't... I'm trying to figure out what is the um, what, what what is uh, our way to get out of this? How do we move forward and get this thing pushed up? You know, so that it gets started and we don't have to wait almost ten years for a situation that's already out of control. Well, I, th I think um, when you say planning, I think you mean um, the design of the. Yes, they yes. said forty-two months. Yes, and that's that's design and also right of way because in these major expansions this is a major expansion of a limited access facility it does it takes a quite a bit of time to get all those okay and i asked the question and i had someone sitting next to me who had been in charge of the building of the sawgrass and they said the whole thing took 16 months to build the sawgrass so to me to say planning is going to take 42 months and we built the whole thing of course it wasn't done by the turnpike authority it was done by a we don't have it anymore i think right right yeah too bad um but, I mean, it is. It's ridiculous. And, I mean, there has to be some way to care about what is going on in a, in a community already and not wait 10 years to fix it. I, I, I don't know what the answer is, but I think we need to, we need to have a conversation about how, how we do that. I mean, I agree it should be done by the Turnpike Authority, but, I mean, together we need to get this done. I mean, so the talk goes on and on and on, and, and, and then we're sitting there, and we didn't, this is another year gone by, and, and it's 42 months, so that's, you know, plus, plus 12. I mean, it, it just doesn't make any sense. And, you know, these are taxpayers. These are people that, you know, these are businesses, uh, you know, people that, that uh, go to Sawgrass. That, and we're talking about this BB&T Center, this 140 acres, you know, to have other uh, things, maybe a hotel, other things there. I mean, it's just going to just totally... It's already overloaded. So I, I, I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm not familiar enough with the process to know what it is that we have to do here to move this forward. So maybe somebody that's more involved with transportation can respond. Vice Mayor Holness. If I may, the amount of fees collected, does it justify a certain amount of bonding? Well, yeah, for the, for you're talking about for the new interchange? Yes. Uh, yes, it does justify a small amount of bonding, yes. The, what, what amount does it justify? Uh, it was, if I recall, it was somewhere less than $10 million. How much? Less than $10 million for the full interchange. Uh, well, my question for Sunrise, if I may. This wasn't put on the city's uh, list of uh, projects. Is there some way to put it on? And, and for, for, it seems as if, uh, from the discussion we're having, unless we find some way to get the Turnpike Authority to, to pay for it, either we do it or we don't. We do it and pay a portion or we don't, and, and it doesn't get built. Uh, Vice Mayor, it's an excellent question. Uh, first, to the point of the tolls, 
Uh, one of the interesting components here is the Turnpike Enterprise is asking us to put up 50% of the dollars. And in, in any partnership, you would naturally say, well, then we must be entitled to 50% of the tolls, right? That, of course, isn't going to happen. Uh, Ms. Henry even offered a suggestion that what if your uh, analyses are wrong and there are more tolls there, can we participate in that incremental? And we were told no as well. In addition, they're not taking into account, in our opinion, that a significant volume of traffic will now be redirected off the tributary roads. That is, Sawgrass Mills Mall, as, as Mr. Solomon said, is very motivated to try to make sure all of the traffic from their property gets onto Pat's Leno, as will be the county. Right now, it's traveling all sorts of different directions, but we know we want them on there. To your, your question as to the city and the county talking about surtax, I do think that's something that can be discussed. Um, we had not gotten to the point where we could do that. A lot of the discussions were pre-election, uh, uh, but there certainly was a willingness to do that. I think one of the components that we have to be mindful of, and I know you are, is that it's very difficult for any one city to say they're going to shunt significant dollars for a regional asset. Again, back to the point that property tax that's developed there, the real estate uh, benefits of it, the sales tax generated is very, very significant. And as you know, we don't come close to sharing what the state does in that. We 91.2% goes to the state. The county gets a portion of the remaining 8.8 .8 cents. But in the end, the city gets it based on population, not where it was produced. So we have to have that balance. The city is absolutely willing to be a partner in that and finding that, that modicum. But I think it will be difficult. First of all, it's impossible for the city to come up with $28 million. That's just never going to happen over any period of time. And I think for the county and the city, that's a big challenge that we don't think is justified, particularly for a government and a Tallahassee that talks about infrastructure and jobs and capital investment. All of those things come to fruition in that corridor. So I, I hope that answered your question. We are willing to sit uh, with you, uh, the mayor, and staff. Okay, thank you. And, and it, it, we're basically authorizing our county administrator to negotiate, right? No. Yes, what, um, what this, it's to negotiate an amount um, that we would, that would represent a commitment as at least a county share of the local commitment to do the project because again we're facing that deadline so they they're going to want an answer by that debt by the 15th of this month um which is then actualized with that with that local funding agreement so that's what this is about having the ability to sit and talk through how are we full in 28 million where we're sharing are we are we somewhere in between? I, I think the amount that's been asked is a bit much, uh, and, and I would hope that we can negotiate something much less than that, okay. uh, and, and that the city would be willing to join in putting this item on as a part of uh, their share from the uh, uh, surtax, the, the penny surtax. Commissioner Fisher. Thank you, Mayor. It appears that the Turnpike Authority or the enterprise to this point, to what I'm hearing, doesn't offer any solution as far as their side is concerned, as far as any type of funding. That's what I'm seeing and hearing. Is that kind of correct? You can answer that, Mayor? Um, 
you, you mean, do we have any solution other than the letter that we provided? Is that what? what? Yeah, the, the wonderful letter. We love that. Yes. Um, Sorry. My question was that at this particular time, you have no intentions of providing any funding for this ramp at all, correct? 50%. Well, 50%. Yeah, 50, yeah 50%, 50 is what we 50% can, and yes. then, okay, so, so what's that? 50% of the 56 Of the 56. Yes. So it boils down, then we were talking today about the 26 million, correct, Ms. Henry? Yes, we were, 28. so there's, there's a 28 and there's a 26, Six. depending upon what you do and when you, how you agree to, if, you, if you're going to do all of it, it's 56 with our local share being half of that. If you're gonna phase it, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, if you're gonna phase it, then with the north ramp, as, uh, as was indicated, is a little easier to get done, and so it's a few million cheaper. So at least start with that. And so you had mentioned, sir, about the traffic study that you said it did take into the future to what year? Um, we typically look out to the 20-year horizon. Um, 2040, 2045 is the time range time frame that we're looking at yes I mean have you physically been there at an event I'm, yeah. I'm not being facetious no I'm no no I, absolutely I've been there for for several events and I've observed the traffic patterns in and out of the events and do you um, not agree it's a disaster it is uh, it, it can be challenging getting out of there I I, I think we agree uh, but we also have to consider what happens during the tip the typical peak hour times that we're concerned about from the turnpike's perspective is getting those interchanges to operate during AM and PM peak hour conditions. That's not the same time as an event that ends at 10 o'clock at night. So but, I mean, that's, so that's a little bit different you know, from an analysis perspective. So it brings me back to the future when you talked about that, and Mayor Ryan obviously has these incredible plans of the city, what they're gonna be developing and doing along with the BB&T Center. I mean, that is humongous. I mean, you have to look at that future traffic and that demand is gonna be just not at 10 p.m. at night, it's gonna right. be uh, throughout, throughout the, day. the day and I completely agree with you and in fact our analysis um, you know does take in all those additional all that additional traffic into account um, let me add clarify something about this project as a whole um, it's it, the widening is is just one part of it we're also improving the interchanges at Sunrise Boulevard we're made, making dramatic improvements to that interchange and we're improving Oakland Park Boulevard already without the Patsalona interchange and we're also providing a new interchange at Northwest 8th Street this was all done initially to help satisfy the needs of City of Sunrise. So we're doing a lot of things to help with that future traffic growth already without the Patsalona ramps. And then basically our conclusion was that with all of those improvements we're making, we can uh, achieve a good level of service out to the year 2040. Right, so I go back to again to Commissioner Furr and, and what I think his analogy and his philosophy is correct. I think we need to figure some way to get this done. Um, and, and give Ms. Henry the authority to negotiate what she can. I'd hope that you would give us more time, as Commissioner Ryan was talking about, uh, than March the 15th, but uh, so be it. But, so I'm in favor at least getting to the negotiation table so okay. we can see where we're at. Thank you, Mayor. Commissioner Shreve. So I've been sitting on the MPO now for 10 years. God bless. And, um, and uh, this has been a project that has been spoken about the entire time that I've been on the MPO. And what I would like to add 
in terms of this, this, this discussion is some history about where we are coming from. You see, in every um, single year that we've talked about this interchange over in Pat Salerno, we have been allocated zero, zero dollars. Um, in previous uh, secretaries of transportation have stated that that wasn't in the long range plan and that they had no intention of having an arena there and they didn't build our roads over there with that understanding. And so we came after the fact and we have been um, advocating and requesting and requesting. So for I who have sat for 10 years wanting it and I hear that they are willing to contribute 50%, um, I, I, I know that that doesn't sound great to you, right? But for me, I want to stand up and dance because we have been asking and have been getting zero, zero for 10 years. And so I would like to say that I'd like to expedite this as quickly as possible so that we can keep that 50% commitment because that's 50% less dollars that have to come from this county commission. And um, to be quite honest with you, they really didn't have to do it because it wasn't even in the 20 40 long, long range transportation plan. It wasn't included at all. Matter of fact, I think that the amount that was allocated to spend in that area was about $5 million, if I'm not mistaken, when, and that was for the extra widening and improvements based on population growth. So I think that this is a far jump from where we were previously. I think, um, Ms. Henry, you have excellent negotiation skills. I think this is something that's much needed in our community. I think I entrust Mrs. Henry to get us to where we need to be um, by March 15th so that we can solidify this commitment. And um, wherever this money has to come from, we have got to, to find it. And so that means all of us working together with our districts um, and in our communities to see if people can um, push to help to allocate some of their funding from the surtax towards this. I think would be great because it's this doesn't just benefit Sunrise, it benefits Weston, it benefits Pembroke Pines, all the Western communities that are out there that utilize this area for shopping or or, or visiting, um, you know, going up that way, going to the BBNT Center. This is something that provides us a true interconnectivity, and so I think that we need to just all galvanize around this. I'll be going back to my community, all five that I have, all five of my cities, I share one with you, but I'll, I'll go back to all five of mine and, and request that we make this a priority as well. Yeah, you do share two, that's right. Hallandale and Pembroke Pines. I used Hi. to have seven. Can I ask you, what are your positions? Uh, you work with the Turnpike Authority? Yes, um, I'm employed by DOT and I'm the planning manager at Turnpike Enterprise. And you, sir? Yeah, I'm, I'm a consultant for the Turnpike Enterprise. Enterprise. I'm an in-house consultant. I, I run the planning and traffic engineering groups. Are, are you an employee or are you an outside um, consultant? Inside. I'm uh, in-house. We're called a field consultant um, with AECOM. So you were a private company? We're a private company, yes. Okay. Um, with Commissioner Ryan, you said, uh, and I think also with Senator Rich, you said it would take 36 months in planning? No, no. Um, the... The four years before construction, that's um, design, but it's also environmental permits, it's drainage. Hey, who, who, who told you that? 
our engineers that yeah we that design our limited access facilities that's a typical your in-house engineers or outside consultant engineers yeah our general engineering consultants that we have yes so these are companies outside to say it's going to take four years to design and get permits no they we have we have in-house consultants that um, manage the projects and so yes outside consultants um, but we are a limited access facility owner so this is this is actually pretty typical for um, a widening you would be amazed at the <laughs> at the sheet of, of details that need to be checked nowadays even with non-federal projects I mean the permitting alone the um, the drainage analysis so the and the right-of-way this also includes not just the design is not four years it's also right-of-way um, if we decide to move forward, can we decide uh, on, on who's designing and engineer the companies that are involved? Or who would, who would decide that? Well, those are, that's through um, DOT procurement. So that's through a regular procurement process. I mean, we had somebody stand in front of us uh, two meetings ago telling us it was to take six months to get something done in Hollywood. And then all of a sudden, to keep the job, I think they said they can get it done in 60 days. So. Um, I just uh, find it really difficult when you say it takes four years and then on a uh, project, for example, on 10th Street, right after the MPO approved it, they had schematics and designs and different ideas within one year uh, of things that this is what we put together. So um, I just find it difficult to believe that it would take that long or we can't cut that shorter. So, yeah, you know. we, we can look at the schedule. We, we can, but um, there's also a difference between developing a concept and designing a road. So, yeah. you know, there's survey that needs to be taken. It's not like with concepts, we do a lot of Google Earth and desktop analysis. There's something okay. very different. Uh, Les, what, I got one, one, two more things. One is, um, you said there's a March 15th deadline. Yes. Who set the deadline? Um, our executive director. And who is that? He's Paul Y. It's W A I. Any way to give him a call and say, hey, can we move it a couple weeks? When we come back, I mean, when we get back to the turnpike, we can let them know. Um, is there a way that you could t we could take a five-minute break and you can make a phone call? I, I, can, I, can, I can try to give them a call. Great. Yes, Why don't we take a five-minute break and see if you can make a two-week extension so we're not pressured into doing something within 10 days? To be clear, is that for the March 15th deadline? It, yes, you, you want the March 15th deadline extended to the end of March? Uh, end of March, so our next meeting, giving our, our so staff... Yeah. You know, and then and then the May thirty first deadline would remain the same. Fine. Can you can we take a uh, we'll, we'll address another item and come right back to you. Mm -hmm. Great. Uh, we'll, we'll wait for you to come. Is that okay? Appreciate it. Okay. Let, let's go then to uh, our last item. Is that okay with you guys? Number forty seven. Um, Bureaucracy, it's not easy. Um, number 47 is my, my resolution to support House Bill um, 1091, Senate Bill 1450, which seeks to strip retired Deputy Scott Peterson of retirement benefits. Um, uh, all I can say is that, that, that Scott Peterson was hired to do one job, and that was to protect students. He was given a gun to use deadly force in a situation where deadly force was required. He failed to do that. He actually failed totally in his duty, but then benefited by accruing benefits. So I don't think this guy deserves anything. And I, uh, I support House Bill 1091 and Senate Bill 1450. 
and seek a resolution to just to support it. Um, I'd like to, anybody want to speak on that? I'll go around, start with Commissioner Eugene, go this way. Go ahead. Um, I, I added as additional material, um, just the same thing that I said in the Miami Herald back right after this became known to everyone. I know some of the state legislators at the time filed uh, their own resolutions or whatnot to do the same thing. Um, I get it. You have one job to do. You don't do it. And people died directly because of that. Because when we look at what the MSD report, had Scott Peterson gone in there, a lot of people would not have died. Maybe, maybe some on a certain floor might have, but there were a lot of lives that would have been saved. Um, I understand, you know, when you look at this, the constitutionality of a lot of this stuff, you're almost making a law that affects one person. Um, so I don't know how that's going to work out, but I don't think that we should I don't really love doing these resolutions all the time because we poke our heads into things in some cases that, A, I have a feeling I know where these resolutions land when they get them, um, and B, they don't do a, a whole heck of a lot, but I'm going to support Mayor Bogan here, and at the time I'm going to make uh, the motion or second his motion. I support this. I think that it's, it's offensive to people when they see the amount of benefits that somebody is allowed to just retire with after this happens. Um, I know the courts will figure it out, but I think I support the state legislature on this, and I support um, this resolution. I'll move the uh, item. I asked to speak. You said you were going around. Did they have to speak today? Wow, I've changed. Um, you know, I'm having some trouble with all of the retrospective punishment that has been occurring in the MSD situation. You see, this deputy was not stationed for his entire career at MSD. So he had a, a career that spanned longer than MSD and what we're saying by supporting these resolutions and these types of clawbacks to people is that what you do did in your entire career, even if you did any good, it is all discounted by one mistake. That one mistake, yes, there were lives lost, but you and I don't know if Deputy Peterson would have run in that building and gotten shot before he could save lives. We we are or we are speculating based off of a report. And I understand how hard it is to lose someone due to gun violence. See, I lost my father at the age of 14 because a 15-year-old decided that he wanted to rob him and shoot him in his chest in front of my 19-year-old sister. And if I could have exacted this type of retribution on that kid who did that to my father and changed the course of my life, I would have. But my problem is is that no amount of firing, no amount of taking people's pension away is going to bring back their loved ones. And this thing that we're doing when we say we support these retrospective punishments is we are circumventing a system of justice that we all believe in. You all are attorneys. You probably have tried cases 
We are circumventing a justice system, a criminal justice system, and that gentleman, Mr. Peterson, should go through that criminal justice system and go through whatever justice system that comes down, and he should be dealt whatever punishment it is that comes as a result of that. But I do not, as a county commissioner, sit as judge and jury and executioner for any person that has failed in any level of their responsibilities. And so I cannot, as much as I support those parents and I support a complete communication system and I support training for deputies and all the things that came out of that MSD report, I do not support these resolutions because I think that we're, it's far reaching and that is not our job. That is not the state representative's job. That is not the state senator's job. That is not our job. Our job is to determine where we can improve. We have done that. This going back and forth is not allowing our community to heal. At some point in time, you have got to stand up and say what's right and what's wrong. We cannot continue to do this. This is just as bad as what's going on over there in the school board building where you say that a man who hired law enforcement should be removed from his job because there were some failures with that law enforcement. That law enforcement had been in place prior to Mr. Runcie ever getting here. And so for me, this is a no because it has got to stop somewhere. And if you keep perpetuating this myth that we can keep on retrospectively punishing people. So what's he gonna do? When we take away his pension and he loses his house and he loses his everything that he has, who's, who gonna, who's gonna pay for him then? He's gonna be right on your tax roll because he's gonna be on my abalorum taxes. We're gonna be paying for his health care. We're gonna be paying for him to live. We're gonna be trying to find affordable housing for somebody we just destroyed. He's already been destroyed in the public opinion. He's already paid his time in the eyes of everybody, because everybody's blaming him. What more can we take from an individual? And this has got to stop. So my answer is no. Senator Rich? Um, my remarks are pretty much on the line of uh, Commissioner Sharif's. Um, you know, I think all of us can agree on one thing, that nothing is more tragic than what happened to 17 people who were murdered and, and those that were injured. But I don't want to set myself up as the judge and the jury for this man. He is, he is under investigation. All these investigations are still open. Um, he has not been indicted for anything. He has not been convicted of anything. That's up, to, that's up to our judicial system, not up to the county commission, and in my opinion, not up to the state legislature. I think that um, the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas report, by the way, does not mention anything about uh, Mr. Peterson's pension. Uh, we have a grand jury that has just been created. We have the, um, uh, the Department of Law Enforcement and um, um, the, the um, uh, Department secretary, secretary of Florida manage, uh, Department of Management um, basically um, has said that no charges and there are no circumstances at this point 
that would authorize them to um, to uh, withhold the pension benefits from uh, Mr. Peterson. But I think the most important thing for us, or for me, is that um, we have a system in place for people that are investigating um, four or five different ways. And I would like to propose that, um, that we defer this at this time, and uh, we wait and see what happens with the grand jury and, and other things. <laughs> There'll be an appropriate time. But to me, it is not now while, uh, while the judicial system has not um, been able to uh, look at the evidence. We read things in the paper. Many of us know that there are things that are inaccurate, and I, I don't think that we should be making decisions on, on, on any of this. Uh, I, do, I do really believe it's not appropriate for us in any, in any way, shape, or form to be doing this, but certainly not at this time. And uh, so I would, um, I would ask that you consider uh, deferring this uh, to another time or withdrawing it altogether. Uh, uh, that I would preferable for me because I, I, I will be voting no on this because, as I said, I, am, I, just, I, I just cannot set myself up as judge and jury for another person. Um, I, before I would take that up, I just wanted to just comment real quickly, if you don't mind. Um, Barbara, I agree with you. People make mistakes in their life. If, if, if Tim, who's a lawyer, and Michael's a lawyer, I'm a lawyer, we do for decades, we do great services, lawyers, to our clients and community. But then one day we decide to keep money of our clients and embezzle. That's not a mistake. That's an intentional act, and we will lose our law license, and we will be punished for it. Um, I don't believe this was a mistake. This was somebody, he chose this job. He was given a job. He was given a gun. Otherwise, why would he be carrying a gun? The only reason he had a gun was to defend in a situation where there was deadly force. He was the only one on that campus that was empowered and took an oath and said that he would defend with deadly force by having a gun. He did nothing. He, this was intentional. It wasn't accidental. So that's where I'm coming. That's where our, we may differ, but I, I just wanted to, you, you, you also said we're speculating, and you mentioned that there's no indictment, no charge. I don't think the state attorney has taken up, there is no uh, investigation. Yes, there is. There is. Yes, I, there I, is. I appreciate it. I don't know of yes. any criminal investigation right there, now into Scott there Peterson. Is, and, and it's been said by the assistant state, one of the assistant state attorneys that action can't be taken until FDLE completes its investigation. So that's why they. Oh, I, I'm I'm not aware of that. I'm not aware of that. Okay, um, I'm willing to defer it. I'm willing to defer it and see. Uh, I, I appreciate the uh, suggestion, and I'm willing to. Well, Mayor, defer it. One of the things that we have to do, in terms of this item, when you say that it was intentional, that has to be proven well, by well, a court of law. No, what I mean that is he, what his intentions were. What What I mean is the the the, the, the he chose not to act. You see, I have a problem with that statement. Okay. Because you don't know that for sure. Let's let them do their job. Okay. I agree. That's why I said I'm going to defer. And, and by the way, I'm not initiating anything. You talk about initiate. This is from a, Senate, a House bill and a Senate and, bill. We know that. Okay. And we think that they don't have the authority to do it, too. Okay. And okay. we don't need to do it. All right. I, yes. Commissioner Ryan. He, 
Um, I had a okay. Let, let Commissioner Fisher, and then we'll come back to you. Just a quick uh, Lamar, you Myers. just jumped me. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry, Commissioner. Mr. Myers, just a, this is a. Does the state legislature have have the the ability and, and, and the law to do this? Just a legal issue with all the legal uh, opportunities that this can go through. Do they actually have the authority to do so? I, I think I think that's an open question. If I could ask Ms. Howard to address that, she knows the intricacies of the current process. This is a little bit different. What's being? Proposed. I mean, I can understand both sides here. I I, I, I get it. Uh, and I, and I appreciate the deferral because that's where I would want to go as well, especially that the investigation is going on. But I just want to see what the, they actually have the authority to do so. Sure. Understanding the intricacies might be a bit beyond me, but I can respond to the question at least generally. And that's that the power to revoke or um, uh, rescind the um, pension benefits is under the constitutional provision, which is enacted in Section 112.3173 in the procedures typically after there has been a conviction or other certain select circumstances, then there would be a recommendation by the Commission of Ethics to the, uh, really, FRS to take appropriate action. So I suspect that this bill might get um, uh, tweaked slightly as it progresses through the legislature to address, really, a, make it more of a, a request for the Commission to take action, notifying FRS to take appropriate action. Okay. Commissioner Ryan, and I'll defer. That was um, somewhat uh, analogous to the questions that I was going to, to pose um, to Attorney Harris. We have a, um, you know, there was an example, an analogy that was made by Mayor Bogan that if an attorney um, makes some kind of, uh, um, whether it's a, an error or, or um, purposely uh, violates the rules with regard to your trust account, then you're subject to um, discipline, including disbarment. But that happens in an administrative hearing procedure where the Florida Bar does an investigation and ultimately the Florida Supreme Court makes a decision. It seems like we're, we're jumping this. And, and uh, is this, wouldn't this be kind of like an ex post facto law where you would have this resolution or somehow you would enact some type of uh, legislation that would retroactively remove these benefits without the um, uh, the retiree having an opportunity to speak on his own behalf isn't that a violation of due process both procedurally and and substantively and I know you know the answer to that I I, I think those are all strong arguments I, th I think as Ms. Harrod said this uh, the proposed legislation is probably a vehicle that would be amended uh, to address those concerns but I, I think those are I, I agree with you on that I'm just not in a position to ultimately <laughs> tell you for sure that it's a violation, I mean. So as part of the process that we're discussing right now, there's apparently still ongoing investigations, and it might be prudent, and I appreciate, uh, Mayor, that you are going to delay um, the consideration of this item to let the facts um, uh, be established with all of the um, opportunities for uh, reply and response of um, Deputy Peterson. I mean, a, a very strong case is made about you know, neglect of duty, failure to duty, uh, okay. duty. but um, I don't think that we should step in that breach and be making that decision. Okay, I, I am deferring item number uh, 47. Sure. I'd like to ask the uh, you're, two You're going to withdraw it for now? because I'm going to withdraw it for now, okay. that's what I Thank said. Thank you. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, the two people from the uh, Turnpike uh, Authority, can you come on up? You made a phone call. What's the, what's the verdict? 
Yes, we are able to um, get a hold of our executive director, and um, he's willing to extend the deadline of the response to the end of the month. Okay, extend to what date? Um, March 31st. March 31st. I guess. March 31st. Uh, that's great. Yes. So, um, what do, do we want to uh, still? Go ahead. I'm going to give it over to Commissioner for. Okay. Thanks. Um, thank you. Um, thank you for that. I think that's helpful because I think we want to. There's a couple things I think we want to look into. Uh, but I wanted to say, this is precisely why we did the sales tax. This is why we did the service. We need, you know, these are key points of destination where thousands of, of our residents are, you know, are looking for us to do these kind of things to make a difference. This is why people voted for this. I mean, absolutely. They, they envisioned these types of projects to make it happen. I think we should go uh, give our full support to this. I'm, a full, I'm in support of full exchange, both the North and South exchange. I think to not do that is short-sighted. I think we should just do it and find, and find a way to make that happen. Um, obviously, we, you know, I appreciate getting a little bit more time to do this, um, but that's where I'm, I'm, you know, that's where I'm landing on this. And I, I think it's, I actually think it's where the, you know, the people of this county probably want us to land as well. Do we need, I'd like to see by amending the, Motion, Councilor, to see uh, how we can mo amend it to give our county administrator the authority to negotiate on behalf of the county. Um, uh, can you help me? Uh, sure, that, that, that's, that's that's perfect. And then bring the item back on uh, the 28th. Uh, so uh, authority for the county administrator to negotiate on behalf of the county, as you just stated. You get a second, and uh, it's just a motion to somebody discuss. want to move. Somebody want to move that? I get a second. All in favor on the amended motion? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Showing that passes 7-0. Uh, Thank you very much. Thank you, very much. Thank you for making the phone call. This is the earliest meeting we've uh, had. Okay. Vice Mayor Holness? Nothing. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> County Administrator. I'll take lower. Just, <laughs> County Administrator. Just quickly wanted to announce that the U.S. Census Bureau is hiring. So, as you know, they hire staff to help um, during the count. And What's their hourly pay? <laughs> I don't know, but we will find out. Um, <laughs> But we have a link on our website, uh, Broward.org Census 2020, and then it'll give you uh, a number of links if you want to find out more about that, And because they have different types of positions. But clearly, this is something we need to assist them with because we want a good count. Are you awake, County Otter? <laughs> I want to make sure you're awake. Uh, I, come on, I don't want to wake you up. Are you all right? Okay. <laughs> you know, I, I say that not really because we put you to sleep. We'll put you to sleep, not because of you, but because of the boring talk. But okay. you're 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 all right. You're fine with us. Fine. Thank you, Thank Commissioner you. Fisher. I just have a one uh, one thing to say, and it's a personal privilege, Mayor, that uh, my wife of 38 years is celebrating her birthday today. So I want to wish her a happy oh, birthday, yeah. to Susan. Oh, that's great. Is she here? 
No, but I'm sure she's listening, so happy birthday, honey. Okay. <laughs> Senator Rich. Happy birthday, she's listening. For sure. Yeah. I just, um, I just wanted to say one thing about the, we had the whole discussion with the courthouse and the furniture. And I, I would like to ask uh, you, uh, county administrator, to please um, direct our uh, lobbyists in Tallahassee to work on this. We, we have not really done an all-out full-court press on this. I can tell you that, I mean, because I've been up there, we've all been up there, we've never, we've never had a really you know, strong joint meeting with the players that really need to be at the table for us with this. And I think, for instance, we're all, a lot of us going up on uh, Broward Days, and for the Florida Association of Counties, we should have a couple of meetings set up for us uh, to really go after this money because we, we are entitled to it and it's just been, you know, ignored really for the past several years. Okay. So I would appreciate, I don't, cons I, I just don't think that we've been aggressive enough ourselves to, you know, to, you know, do what we need to do. Another option we haven't talked about is returning the furniture. Get, let's, <laughs> let, let's, let's get a refund on that furniture. Commissioner Shreve. I have two things. Um, the first, uh, I sent an email out about the um, AIDS walk because I'm helping the World AIDS Museum raise funding for their programs and to expand. And um, I sent it to all my commissioners. And I would like to know if you could please make a personal donation to my team, which is Happy Heinies. She's raising money for charities, uh, a counselor. I don't think she's allowed to do that. Happy Heinies. I didn't make the name of the team. I'm asking for walkers. That's just our team. I don't know why it's named that. But I... I take a t-shirt. Okay. All right. So I need walkers. I need people to support... Um, the cause. Um, if there's anybody, the 200 people that are watching this right now that always watch this, <laughs> could you please donate? Please do not change the Comcast channel at this time. Please donate to the World AIDS um, uh, Museum's uh, World AIDS Walk. Um, my team, um, it's on my Facebook page. You can join our team. And um, we, we promise to walk as hard as we can and raise as much money as we can. And if you don't want to walk, if you don't want to join the team, you can make a donation of any amount that you want. Because the thermometer, it keeps on going, even when we meet our goal. So I haven't met my goal yet, and I would appreciate some donations. I did speak to the cheapest commissioner on the dais, Tim Ryan. I um, spent about 30 minutes trying to convince him to donate $500, and he hasn't donated anything yet. So I just want to put him out there on blast. So anybody who wants to donate on Commissioner Ryan's behalf, please do so. And um, the final thing that I want to say... I, I'm not taking that dollar. <laughs> you need to multiply that. Use your legal skills and multiply that and get me $500, like I asked you, sir. It's not bread and fishes. <laughs> oh, you know, I'm going to call your wife. I'm just going to call your wife. Um, anyway, I want to also thank, thank this body, thank all the county staff, thank all the employees here for your support last week. As you know, my mother's... Uh, suffered a stroke uh, last Tuesday, and hopefully we'll get her home today. But 
Um, I want to say thank you for all the support, all of the well wishes, all the prayers. Um, last night when the doctor came to see her, he said, I've never seen anybody recover this quickly. And he said, you must have a whole lot of people praying for you. And I said, uh, yes, she does. And I know that you guys have been with me and, and praying along the way. So we're praying that we get her home today. And I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you guys very much. Um, what I wanted to do is to tell everybody at the bottom of the screen, there's a number you can call to donate to her charity, and they take Visa, MasterCard, and American Express. Just look at the bottom of the scroll of your screen. Um, on behalf of, Ma <laughs> on behalf of uh, Commissioner Ryan and myself, we would like to donate uh, a dollar each to that charity of yours. Uh, I'll take it, but... I'd it like a This is the shortest that uh, Vice Mayor Holness has talked. Let's go to Commissioner Furr. <laughs> okay, real quick. Uh, I already talked about the Water Matters Day, but that is this Saturday, 9 o'clock. Uh, uh, by the way, Jennifer, Dr. Hirata is going to be honored this week at the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce for all the stuff she does, and she's been doing a lot of great stuff. And the Countdown to Kindergarten event is also this Saturday, March 9th, at, at the Parker Playhouse in Fort Lauderdale. And lastly, on the 12th, a lot of, a lot of elections are, are taking place then. So just remind everybody to get out and vote. And that's it. Commissioner Ryan. I want to remind everybody, not this Sunday, but next Sunday is St. Patrick's Day. So there's going to be a large parade in downtown Hollywood. Lots of fun. Bring the family out. And uh, happy St. Patrick's Day to all. Commissioner Udine. <clears throat> just want to quickly congratulate Rendell Winton III. He was the bus rodeo winner again. This guy is awesome. Um, I was out there, and the Copens Road facility, Copens Road beat Ravenswood this year, even though Rendell works for Ravenswood. Um, if you've never seen the bus rodeo, you guys are really missing something. Rendell's 71 years old. He wins like every year. The rest of the employees are asking me to put in and asking us to put in a mandatory retirement age so that they can have a chance. But he's now going to go on up to Jacksonville to compete and then Louisville for nationals if he goes from there. Great job by Broward County Transit. It was a fun day. The employees like it. It was a lot of fun. Um, that's it. I'll leave on a high note. County Attorney? Nothing, Mayor. Thank you. No, thank you. Appreciate that. County Auditor, County Administrator, all set. Deputy County. How about the, the, the great lady that takes down every word? I feel so bad for her. She takes down every word that we say. I mean, just uh, really feel bad for her. You do a great job. Thank you. This meeting's adjourned. <laughs>